So let me pose this question. Have you ever met people that just seem to find a way to get through life doing the minimal, being clueless, not having a care in the world, and not understanding anything that's going on around them? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. For those that listen earlier in the day as a podcast, sorry we're running a little bit late today. And you might be hearing some noise in the background, some work being done at the house here in Virginia, and we still need to get the program recorded. So so just so if you hear some background noise, you, you'll kind of understand why. Last night, I was trying to think of what to discuss on today's program, and I've got a, a number of topics that are just swimming around, and it made it really, really rather hard to, to get some sleep. And I was thinking of people that I have met over the years. And it seems that I I find more of them now than I did back years ago. People that are just relatively clueless about the world around them. I mean, literally, they don't know. And what is so surprising to me is with everything that we we have today at our fingertips, on our devices, on our computers, on our tablets, on our hundreds of channels of television, you'd think that we'd be swimming in an abundance of information. And you would think that somehow along the way we would take all of this information and turn it into knowledge and then use this knowledge and make it wisdom seems that that doesn't happen much anymore. People are more inclined to believe lies, to not even pay attention, and just to hide away in their own little world more than I've ever seen before. And there's there's a great danger in that, in this world of misinformation, no information, we're trying to stay away from any information. You know, I, for me, in doing this radio program, and, and I've got a lot of friends that do a lot of research and, and they share stories with me and I share things with them as we try to get a handle on what's going on. When you are constantly bombarded with information, a lot of it not even true, I can begin to understand why some people just turn off the news and, you know, resort to their metaverse. And, and we've talked about metaverse and, and how dangerous it's going to be. And, and we're beginning to see a population developing, if you hadn't noticed, that are going to fit beautifully into this new metaverse, this alternate reality, which is a virtual reality. It's not real. It's all make-believe. And there are a lot of people that are going to be very content to move out of the real world and into this virtual reality. Facebook calls it the metaverse. That's why they changed the name of their company from Facebook to Meta. And, And the metaverse, if you don't know, you need to. 
is going to be a a world in which you never even have to leave your home to do anything like visit with people, go to work, go to school. You'll do it in a virtual world and, and then you'll never have to fear things like, you know, viruses or evil in the streets. Just stay home. Get up in the morning, put on your goggles, put on your headphones and and leave the real world behind and go into the metaverse where all your friends are there in real time, almost like little avatars of each other in this metaverse where everything is great. When I first saw the video, and I've mentioned this a few times in the program, and if you if you do have access to the internet, you need to look it up and, and look at this video produced by Mark Zuckerberg himself about the new metaverse and how great it's going to be. You know, if you're one of those people and we have a whole generation of people literally between the ages of zero and into their 40s now that are so used to playing video games and, and, and realistic television that they, when looking at the world around them, are going to choose the metaverse. You know, I, I laugh at things because, you know, at my age and with the life that I've lived, I think last week the term we used uh, when I had Dr. William Wong on, you know, the analog world, not the digital world, the analog world. It was real. We lived it. And as much as I benefit and I have no particular problem with using technology, I don't live for the technology. There lies the difference. I don't spend a lot of money on big screen television sets. I don't spend a fortune on these super surround sound systems. I just don't care. I don't I don't really watch movies. I I watch just limited television and limited entertainment because most of the entertainment that's out there today that comes in the form of movies, even stuff from Hallmark, is just unrealistic and it's nonsensical and yet we have a generation of people that are so deeply into this alternate world and and they just take everything they hear from their sources without question at face value now let me give you an example of of some of the weirdness out there in the news msnbc they, they are a laugh a minute to me I mean, there is literally no news of any value. The opinions, if you look over time, the opinions of the majority of their host and guest are totally ridiculous beyond words. I mean, just, just craziness. It's, it's what we would call crazy talk. But there are people that watch it and believe it and live for it. You know, how many of you are having to go to the store and noticing how expensive things are getting at the grocery store. I mean, think about that for a minute. I don't care what the color of your skin is, your where you came from. I don't care if you're a French American, an African American, uh, German American, Swede American. Doesn't matter to me. 
Hispanic, doesn't matter. If you go to the gas pump pump today, it's it's still painful. And, and I get a kick out of, you know, everybody saying, oh, look, the gas prices have come down. Yeah, they've come down a matter of pennies after going up dollars. And for that, and remember, it was Joe Biden, by the way, and I'm trying not to be political, but I'll just say it. He was really loud. You know, the president can't affect the price of gas. And now that it's going down, suddenly he says he can. So which is it? Once again, people don't pay attention. They don't have the depth of the news. They don't really want to know. They just they just hear something today, something different tomorrow, and they never challenge it. Serlina Maxwell, she's a host on MSNBC. And she has an opinion about inflation. I think a lot of us have an opinion about inflation. It is the highest it's been in like 50 years. And probably if things don't change soon, and if the government does what they are planning to do, instead of fixing it, they're going to make it demonstrably worse. I mean, it's going to really get bad. I mean, it's going to go through the roof. You've been to the grocery store. You've been to the gas pump. The prices are going up. And and I've noticed it all over, anywhere I've traveled. You, you, you start seeing some shortages of things and items and problems. And, and it's just, it is basically a foretelling of the days that are coming soon. I've noticed, give you an example. When we sold our home in Georgia to come to this house here in Virginia, we needed to buy some appliances for this for this home. And we went to various stores trying to find a washer and dryer a matched washer and dryer that would be decent enough to last, you know, back in the good old days. You know, they, you, know you talk about appliances today and appliances then. Somebody sent me a picture of a, uh, you remember the back in the early 1970s, late 60s, you had a couple of these colors, you know, for appliances back then. Harvest gold and, and there was that green color. What was that? I can't even think of what they called it. Doesn't matter green or harvest gold appliances or white and somebody showed a picture like of a 1971 harvest gold refrigerator sitting in a hot garage in florida still working still working after 50 some odd years just fine haven't had to do anything to it Today, you go out and buy all of these new appliances and you wonder which computer circuit board is going to go bad first. Which new bell and whistle is going to to turn your refrigerator into a useless pile of junk that you have to replace. And one of the things that I've noticed is that you, you have a hard time getting a matched washer and dryer in many stores. Why? There's a shortage of computer chips. And for most people, you know, you don't buy washers and dryers every day. The same with cars. You don't buy new cars every day. So a lot of people haven't noticed that in many industries, you can't get new stuff. 
mean, I could find a washer, but no matching dryer. Or maybe they had a dryer, but no washer. And it just went on and on. We were fortunate to to find a pair um, at a fairly reasonable price that matched. And we just hope now they last. Even looking for a dishwasher, because the one here we knew when we bought the place was non-functioning. And, and trying to find one you could get without having to wait for weeks or months or not even knowing what day it would come, if at all, was kind of a challenge. And, and it, it said something to me. There's something wrong. See, the United States, the inventor of the computer chip, by the way, and the transistor, by the way, I mean, we had vacuum tube technology from the 1920s all the way up till the 1960s. And, you know, then we started making the transition into solid state and then eventually into analog chips and then digital chips. I can remember being in electronics school in 1972. I can remember this, our instructor, and he was talking about these little microchips that would be built. And, and, and we're thinking then the ones we saw and looking at the dozens of operations they could do, it was just to our minds, it was like unbelievable. And now these little chips that could do dozens of operations started doing hundreds and then thousands and now millions upon millions of operations in the same size. And we've developed that technology, and it's been duplicated around the world. But instead of making the stuff here in the United States, we, we became dependent upon China. We became dependent upon other nations to make the stuff for us. And, and so we have a shortage of certain goods, I believe, because of some I don't want to use the term, but I'll use it. I think some from evil design, we're going to be seeing some issues with food and food production. And then in the midst of this kind of a world where these things are important, inflation, gas prices, shortages of chips, shortages of, I mean, I've seen car lots with very few new cars on them. Why? They can't make them because they don't have the computer chips. And the computer chips are not made here. And it's in this environment that Serlina Maxwell of MSNBC says it is a privilege to care. <laughs> it is a privilege to care about inflation. Huh? Because don't you know that only people that have white privilege care about inflation? Really? You mean if you live in the Hispanic community, the black community, whatever community, you you're you're not in, you're not impacted at all by by gas price. Well, I guess if you work at MSNBC with some huge paycheck, you no longer live in the real world. You're clueless. You're about as clueless as the you know the doofus that doesn't do anything that just lounges through life playing video games, not working, and hoping someone takes care of their needs, buys a lot of fast food. No, she says black women are more concerned about getting killed by the police on their way to work. This is the narrative we've come to with people that are intellectually 
bankrupt. Zerlina Maxwell is intellectually bankrupt. I'm sorry, she is. To make such an absurd statement in the presence of reality that is so in insane. Oh yeah, inflation. It's, it, it's a problem only for people of privilege. You know, I would think that the lower you are on the economic scale, and let's be honest about something. I am not a wealthy individual. My wife and I are retired. We are living literally on a fixed income and a couple of small retirements. And we have to maximize every dollar that we have. We don't take trips. We, we rarely eat out. I mean, I've met people that have this insane idea. Well, it's just as cheap to eat out as is to cook at home. No, it's because you're too lazy to cook. If you actually knew how to cook and not microwave something in a box. By the way, microwaving something in a box is not cooking. I'm sorry, it's not. When I started out, I'm thinking 50 years ago. I am so glad. I'm so glad I used to spend my summers at our grandparents' house. My grandmother taught my brother and myself and my sister how to cook, believe it or not, how to bake, how to use the oven, how to use the washer and dryer. We learned all of those skills, even though we were boys in the 60s. So by the time that I'm out on my own at age 17, it was real easy for me to go to the store and buy things that I could actually cook and feed myself. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, a 99-cent whatever, back in 1972, it sounded like, yeah, 99-cent lunch is great. But that's $5 a week. That's $20 a month. Doesn't sound like much, but $20 when gas was like 40 cents a gallon that meant something. $20 a month when you're paying, you know, you're only getting paid a couple of dollars an hour. That's 10 hours of your life. 10 hours for just a, you know, snack food. And so it was a rare thing for me to even buy anything prepackaged or from a fast food joint. I just didn't do it. I didn't have the money. I was busy going through my pockets and busy going through the chair cushions to keep enough, you know, change going to keep me going and gas in the car because I had a job and I had school to go to and I had school to pay and I had, I was renting a room and I had my weekly room rent to pay and I had to buy gas. Yeah, it wasn't easy. But a lot of kids today, they're still living at home at age, you know, 20, 24, 30, even older. They call that failure to launch. We have kids today that come out of our educational system that are functionally illiterate, have such a, a tiny understanding of the world around them. They, they don't get it. They don't pay attention they don't understand politics and they are just they they hear the bits and pieces 
They hear bits and pieces. And so we have this whole generation of younger people that are clueless when it comes to the news. And they get their news from comedians on television. They get their news from Facebook. They get their news from YouTube and Instagram and all that stuff. And and none of it, 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 and they believe it because they've never been taught wisdom and discernment anywhere in their life. Everything's been given to them. And given a choice, they escape into their virtual world. They sit together at tables texting other people, never even communicate. They don't even know how to communicate in person much anymore with each other. And it's in this kind of a world that you have people like Zerlina Maxwell that can get away with saying something that is so bogus, so absolutely, incredibly stupid. I mean, these economic things are are only people of privilege are worried about inflation. I think anybody that has to pay for anything is concerned about inflation. And besides, to her, to her, the most important thing in her world is that the court struck down Roe versus Wade and and we don't have abortion. That That is the biggest thing they worry about. They have to have abortions. It's Moloch worship, infanticide. There's the, they, they don't think in terms of rational thought anymore. You look in the eyes of some of these people, it's like they're possessed by something. It's like they're possessed. Looking at something else that she said after she decided that, you know, that, that inflation is only something for people that, that are that have white privilege and are wealthy. No, it's the poor you are, the worst it is. And, and, and this same individual is backing a party that has come up with a bill to fool everybody called, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which will not reduce inflation. It will increase it. It will increase your taxes. It'll increase the cost of everything you buy. And I think most of the audience to this program understands that the more you tax something, the less of it you get. Let me just say that again. The more you tax something, the less of it you get. So if corporations are taxed, the prices of their goods go up. Corporations, this idea, when you see somebody, uh, and, and, and let's talk about Joe Manchin. You know, he was supposed to be the the senator from West Virginia that 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 is a rational and understandable Democrat who, you know, he, he's a moderate. No, he's a swamp creature that knows how to play you for a fool. And the voters of West Virginia, 90 some odd percent of all this campaign money comes from outside of West Virginia. He doesn't care anything about his people back home. He lives on a $700,000 yacht in the Potomac. He doesn't care about West Virginia. He uses West Virginia. And so playing the games of these deals and this and that and whatever, you know, gives him a reputation. But when push came to shove, 
he stuck it to you and I and everybody else. Yeah, I'm going to get $6 billion for some projects in my state, which means I'll be getting some more money from more donors and and I'll be setting my, I'm just like Joe Biden, feathering my nest egg for later in life. Yet to the people at MSNBC, inflation is just a white supremacy problem. And the real issue is all black Americans are scared about going to work. I could say some things and I just don't want to do it. I'm looking at a conversation that that she had, Maxwell, you know, this Zelina Maxwell had with Kurt Bardella, an advisor to the Democratic National Committee. And and so she goes, so, so joining me now to discuss is Kurt Bardella, an advisor to the DNC and the CCC. So thinking about how the Roe decision will impact the midterms election is actually an open question because it just so happens that some of the polling before has changed in the wake of the decision. And there are primaries actually this week in Arizona, Missouri, and Michigan give us a little bit of an idea of how voters have reacted to the decision. What is the status of the midterms now that Roe has been struck down? Do Democrats stand a chance of keeping the House? (laughs) I don't think so, unless they cheat. The only way they could keep the House is by rigging the election. They're they're not going to win. I don't think the Roe versus Wade decision is as huge for most people as people believe. Bardello of the DNC says, I think certainly they do. The Republicans made a fatal flaw that they can, you know, with, with Roe v. Wade and everything else. No, Democrats are making a fatal flaw. The only problem is that we have too many people now that are too ignorant because of our public educational system to be discerning and understand the truth. Am I getting through to you on this? I know several. I know several recent high school graduates in the last two and three years that are completely ignorant of world history, completely ignorant of American history. The idea of writing in script or cursive is foreign to them. They can't do it. Their mathematical skills are questionable. And they have been ingrained with opinions in public school that your opinions actually matter when it comes to critical questions. I met a high school graduate when I said, you know, in the real world, two plus three equals five. It never equals seven or nine or 12. And she goes, well, it can. She argued with me that the number can be anything you want it to be because your opinion and somebody else's opinions are equally as valid. This is what is coming out of public education, even in red conservative states. Many, many years ago, those that said that they wanted to take over this country said the best way to do it is to capture the educational system. Well, they did it by capturing first many colleges and universities. They, they, those, are, those places are now sewers. They're intellectual sewers. They don't think, they're indoctrinated. And they have created a class of educators 
that believe that transgender stuff is more important than reading, writing, and arithmetic. Your sexuality is more important. Your pronouns are more important than understanding how to read, to communicate, arithmetic, and and to have history. You know, you've heard it before. Those that fail to learn from history, they're doomed to repeat it. So there is one of the first problems we have to deal with in understanding that, you know, people that listen to this program, and and I hear from so many of you, you understand, and you write me uh, letters, you may send emails, and you discuss things in a clear and coherent manner. Because you've lived a life, most of you have lived long enough to see the world for what it is. And you have been through good times and bad times. You understand being, you know, a snow job when you hear one. And yet, even we have an increasing number of young people that just don't get it and don't want to get it. You know, why, why have to think, let somebody do that for me. Let somebody cook at the, at the store for me. I don't want to do anything except what I want to do and what I want to do. We have, we have young people today that just won't work. You know, my wife and I were talking the other day. We know somebody, young person, that basically blew off their high school education, laziness, video game playing all the time, never took a book home for four years. Four years, never did any homework, never completed any of his assignments, Yet somehow he graduated high school because, well, the St. Lucie County School District, they brag about their super high graduation rate. What they do is if you got some lazy kid, they just call them special needs. And they put them into a different system so they can keep that graduation rate up there like 98%. (laughs) Totally ignorant individuals being graduated out of high school. They're drones. They're mental drones. What's even worse, and we're going to talk about this in just a minute, of how many adults today, adults, people that are my age, even older, that somewhere along the way started believing everything they were told in the mainstream media, even though the narrative changes and is contradictory, they still believe it. Why? Why would somebody continue to believe something that has been demonstrably false? And we're going to get into that on the other side. Now, a couple of things are on my mind this week. Like I say, I've got some, I didn't sleep well last night. And and I really, 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 really want to, you know, get some things going that I think are important. I look at the website, Truth to Ponder. And I see some wonderful opportunity that go beyond just a website for a radio program and a place to see the current program. I see it as maybe a source of information. I don't plan on having a big like news archive. That's not what I do. But I have a lot of other people that share things with me, and I'd like to use it to, to have like a repository of information. 
But most important, there's something that's really in the back of my mind, and it's getting louder and louder and louder. Christians, well, we got troubles. We have troubles within many of our churches, and it's got to be dealt with, and I'll be talking about some of that later this week. I, I, I feel deep inside of me there's still one more church to plant in my life, at least one, maybe more, and to empower others to do the same. I, I think that we learned during the pandemic, we learned during the pandemic how vulnerable many churches were. They just assumed everything would always be easy. We would never have it difficult. We would never be the oppressed church. And well, they, were, they found out otherwise. So that's an issue that we have to deal with. I really believe that this program is going to be going through a metamorphosis, so to speak, over the days and weeks ahead. I, I, I just pray about it, and I, I know that we're coming into a time, and we're getting all the ingredients laid out here to do it, to bring you the news and information you need, but to put it in the light of God's Word so you have a clear understanding of the things you can really expect. Now, I'm not, I'm not giving you some prophetic word here. I'm just saying common sense, what the Bible teaches. I know I'm running a little over. Over the weekend, a friend of mine from way back in elementary school, I mean, literally, we went to school together from kindergarten through the eighth grade. And ran into each other in the 70s and then not that many years ago uh, were reintroduced again. And, and he's had a very fascinating life. He's been a missionary overseas. Um, he, he's, he always had kind of a, how do I put it? He never thought he was as good as other people, so he always had to try harder. But the impact he probably has made on people's lives on a global scale I don't think he'll ever fully appreciate until he's home in glory to realize how God used him. But he shared with me a video that he thought I would, you know, get a kick out of. Came out in the 1960s. And many of you probably, some of you that are older may remember, I, I, I somewhat remember Bishop Fulton Sheen, he was on radio back in the 1930s and television in the 50s and again for a while in the 1960s. And, and he laid out some of the troubles that would be facing our nation, almost prophetic, because he describes the process of how a nation of people that are knowledgeable would become exactly the nation we are today. And when you look at what he had to say, and I may share some of that one day, just, just from like 55 years ago, it was if we don't do something, this is where we're going to end up, and that's exactly where we have ended up. When I get back, I want to share some things of how many people think you know, many listen. Like I say, many listeners to this program can think clearly. They, they, their eyes are open to the truth. They don't live in the delusion of the mass media or their own selfish desire. If you believe in this work and what I'm trying to do, and where I'm trying to take this program, this month more than ever, I need to hear from you. 
I need to make some decisions about which stations to remain on and which ones may need to be you know, turned off. Because I understand, you know, it's not a white supremacy problem. This inflation is hurting many people. It's, it's hurting a number of you in the audience. I get it. And what you could have given before, you, you can't give as much because that gas is just eating your budget alive. Food, all of it. I get it. My wife and I are in the same boat. But we could use your help. And if you could consider writing a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. And our secure box is 3248. That is 3248. 3248. And the city is Crestview. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder 5753 Highway 85 North. Number 3248 in Crestview, Florida. Zip code 32536. If you go to our website, truth2ponder.com, that is truth2ponder.com, you can find other ways to support us and also how to send us an email. You can send one directly to me, bob at truth2ponder.com. That's bob at truth2ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Unconditional gracias. Coming up. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you. This is Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, the nice Jewish boy, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, talks about giving thanks. Well, you know, we know that God has given us unconditional grace. But did you know what the word comes from, what comes from grace? Gracias, which means thanks. That's why we call giving thanks before a meal grace. Grace is linked to thanks. So we know God has given us unconditional grace. But you know what we have to give him? Unconditional gracias. That's right. If God gives us unconditional grace, we have to give him our unconditional gracias. We owe him unconditional thanks. It's not enough to bear with things. It's not enough to endure tough times. That's good. But we need to give thanks for it unconditionally. And some of you are applying this in a way it's not exactly hitting the mark. You're, you, something goes wrong, you say, yeah, thanks a lot. But, that, you know, that's not it. It's, it's for real. The, you know, you have a problem. Thanks, Lord, because you'll work this all for good. You've given me unconditional grace to deal with it. So I give you my unconditional thanks, my gracias. Practice unconditional gracias. Thanks to God. That's why the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always and everything give thanks in everything, in everything. That means in every condition, means without condition, means unconditionally. If you can give thanks, you've overcome. Then how much more? If you can give thanks for what you don't want to give thanks for, how much more can you give thanks for what you do? If you can give thanks for what you don't want, then you're going to be thankful in everything. Thank you for the challenges, the problems, everything. You'll have victory because unconditional grace deserves unconditional gracias. One more, ask for the third practice. 
Now, the free gift for you. The free gift from the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim to the hidden writings of the rabbis. Proving Jesus the, as the Messiah. Amazing. The awesome Mystery of the Temple Doors on TD. You'll love it. And Sapphire's free gift subscription guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me together bringing salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, the Jewish people, and people from every nation, tribe, and tongue on five continents. It's amazing. Billions of people. Just call now. It's the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy box, 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Nice Jewish boy, box 1111. Lodi, New Jersey, L-O-D-I, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Gracias, thank you. Shalom Alechem, peace be to you and my friend in Messiah, Sarchayim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder on this Monday, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. For those that listen as a podcast, we were just a little bit late today getting it out. We try to get it out by eh, around 11, 11.30 Eastern. We were running a little bit behind today. And for that, I apologize, and we'll, we'll try to do better tomorrow. Looking at a couple of news stories that I want to share with you, then I want to share a thought. And this one real quick. One of the problems that I see here in the United States, and this is not just a problem here in my country, but it's a problem we're finding literally all over the world. Many of the government institutions that have been designed and instituted for our protection, for our benefit, are more times than not being used against us. The power of these many agencies is used against regular Americans and has been for a long time. Here in the United States, there is there is one organization, there are many, but there's one that comes to mind and whose past may have looked good at the beginning, but was horrific over the years. And that is the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI. You know, even in 1976, there was a a report that came out, 1976, and and how, how the FBI had engaged in many things that were unethical over the years. And how this corruption has been fatal to some of the mission of this organization. The FBI, with its power, its power of arrest, its its ability to put fear into people like the IRS, has been used to silence and control people, not so much law enforcement. We knew this 45, almost 50 years ago with the FBI. And all you have to do is look at their history and look at it with open eyes. 
the building in Washington, D.C., J. Edgar Hoover Building, is named after a guy that was the master of using his agency for his own benefit and for controlling a narrative. J. Edgar Hoover, a transvestite, cross-dresser, kept a dossier on every major player in Washington, D.C., and he made sure that those individuals knew it, that we know everything about you. We know those things you would never want the public to know about. So you're going to do what I want you to do. I mean, this is what J. Edgar Hoover did. To me, to me, they, they need to remove his name from that building because it, it's, a, it's a torrid past. And even since 1976, when the Senate held hearings and did investigations on the FBI... There is one thing I can see for certain. Corruption was not decreased. Corruption wasn't stopped. Corruption wasn't corrected. If anything, it's gone the opposite direction. The FBI is vastly worse today than it was 45 years ago. And that's a sad commentary on our nation, the United States, to think that the FBI is no longer a trustworthy organization. There are many examples that came out years ago using unsavory and vicious tactics. That was the terms that they use. They were provoking target groups into rivalries that might result in death. This is, this is from 45 years ago. I think we're going to find out if the truth ever and I just have this belief deep inside. Something tells me, and I don't know why. I, I can't understand why. But I think a veil is going to be pulled back for a brief season in the not-too-distant future. And many people that are on the fence are going to, for at least a season, see the truth. They're going to learn about the FBI's clandestine methods. They're going to learn about their getting involved with totalitarian regimes. They're going to learn about repressive activity. They're going to learn about the fact that I believe that even with January 6th, it was a planned insurrection by the FBI and others to make it look as bad as they could. They had tried everything else to get rid of Trump, a phony Russian collusion delusion, and then this. They have been given over to lies. Now, I'm sure there are many rank and file that mean well. They say the seventh floor of the J. Edgar Hoover building is where all these political operatives that run the, the agency work. It is my opinion, my opinion, that everybody on that seventh floor needs to be investigated, probably fired, and some put in prison. Period. Our government was designed to have the majority protect the minority. See, when I, whenever I hear a politician use words like democracy, I, I realize just how stupid they are or how stupid they think you are. A true democracy is a very dangerous political entity 
and fails every time. Even Stalin and Lenin understood that a democracy, when you discover ways to vote money out of the national treasury to yourself, you'll bankrupt the country. That We've been doing that now since the Great Society of 1965. We are so deeply in debt, we're never going to get out. And what's our solution? Let's go deeper in debt. Yeah, that ought to stop inflation. Let's just spend more money, take more money in taxes, and make things even more expensive and in short supply. That's what the phony Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 will do. And you know it and I know it. I don't even need to spend time on it. But we have institutionalized a corruption in government. And and I'm a firm believer that it all started, well, it started since the beginning of this country. There are always those opportunists that want to have more power. You know, the idea of world domination has been around since the Roman Empire and before then. So this is not a new desire. We just have more impressive ways of getting that job done. In a republic, which is what this nation is, and most kids will tell you, we're not democracy. No, we're not. We are a republic. The word democracy does not appear in our Constitution. We are not a democracy. A democracy is, you know, basically two wolves and a sheep voting on what to have for lunch. The right of the sheep is, you know, not considered in a pure democracy. A republic understands that our rights are not given by the government, they are given by God, by our creator. And those rights can never be taken away by government. A government that does is tyrannical and unworthy to be your government. But here we are today. I have watched this government and elements of the government over the past years in its increasing control over your money, over the way you do things. You know, I I look at even cities, zoning laws, property taxes. You never own anything. The idea of the right of property, as it was understood by the founding fathers, is, is a forgotten memory. You can buy property, and then you have to have permission in many cities on what to do with what you own. It's not yours. It's the governments. You, you, you're just having to, to take care of it on their behalf. And you get to use it as long as you use it the way they want. And, and we, we just accept that now as normal. We also accept that things that are said by government people like, you know, I think we, we, we've learned from Anthony Fauci, he's, just an, he, he's either a fool or a liar or, or both. And I, but then again, I think of all the people that believe everything that comes out of the CDC and the WHO and, and this administration and everything that MSNBC or CNN says. Even within our own, my own family, our own family, there are people who are old enough to know better but don't. That somewhere in their life, they made a conscious decision. Politically, Spiritually, in most cases, I think really the spiritual aspect of it is probably the most telling. 
and those that you know they they have never embraced the Christian faith have walked away from it have become unequally yoked with non-believers they all of a sudden have have very little hope in life and as they get older instead of being instead look I'm getting older in life and I know that you know my end will come I, I understand that the Bible makes it clear that my days are numbered and my prayer I can remember this prayer as a child to teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may use them profitably for your kingdom. But today, we have this combination of people that have walked away from the faith, never had the faith. I mean, we do have people today that have rejected the faith. And I know for some people, theologically, that's a hard one to swallow. But the Bible says those that have fallen away, the Bible makes it clear that some will fall away from the faith and they are the hardest to get back. And and they, they have this sadness about funerals for family and friends. And, and so they, I mean, they, they, they just, it's sadness. There's no joy. They can't see any real joy. And they'll write things like, you know, and COVID is killing people. And now monkeypox, it's taking over. We're so glad we live in an outlying area and keep to ourselves and never see people. I mean, we know family members, they literally, they literally hide in their homes. They're still afraid of coronavirus. And now they're afraid of monkeypox. And then I remember this one family member saying, I hope that you're staying safe. In other words, have you been vaccinated? And they, they, this, this one family member gets livid when they find out we're not. And we have chosen not to. My wife has said it to me many times. She's literally heard that voice, <laughs> that voice she's heard over the years, how the Spirit of God will, will speak to our hearts and said, no, don't do it. And so they look at life with the glass half empty and getting emptier with each passing year and more things to fear than ever before. We fear the economy. We fear a virus. We fear monkeypox. And as I've made it clear in this program, I'm seeing stories that are coming out there in good old Yahoo news. And if you're getting your news from Yahoo, well, you are a Yahoo. I mean, I'm sorry. It has got to be one of the most biased news sources out there. And they're driving the monkeypox narrative. Well, you know, it could jump into some species of animals and then we're all, oh, then it's, and the game's over. We're all going to get monkeypox and die. So get the monkeypox vaccine. This is the silliness that is out there. Having hope. Having something to grasp onto that is real, that is tangible. Too many, the the church today is divided now in three or four camps. You got the formerly normal denominations that have now gone just crazy, believing every 
thing that comes along from transgenderism to this, to that, and we must worship the earth, the creation. Oh, there's no such thing as sin. In fact, come to our church and we'll celebrate your sin with you. They're apostate. The Spirit of God is not there. Book of Revelation used the term, the lampstand is gone. It's been taken away. They're no longer a functioning church. They're an apostate group of obnoxious unbelievers that have rejected the gospel and have succumbed to another message. Then you have another group of churches now, and this is a very American thing in the last 20-some-odd years. You know, the ones that have got the guy with the skinny jeans and the praise band and the light show and the big movie screen and everything that goes with it, and it's all about how I feel today. What did I get? And I've met too many people that go to those churches and they'll come, they'll say, I went to church and I just got nothing out of it. I like some of the music and I swayed to the music with the light show and it was all wonderful and the pep talk just didn't inspire me today. It's not a sermon, it's not a message, it's a pep talk. Those churches, those churches are not really doing the job for many people. I meet too many people that after years and years and years in those churches are still babes in the faith. They haven't gotten off the milk of God's word. They're, They're still on the milk. They'll never get to the meat. It's still about how I feel. And then you have that minority of Christians that are true believers that recognize that this world is not getting better. It's getting worse. And as Hebrews says, the book of Hebrews, gathering thyselves to, you know, forsaking the assembling of thyselves together, that is the manner of some. We should be, if anything, bonding together and being prepared for the next, quote, virus or whatever thing they use to shut down churches, shut down our lives, put us into the virtual world, control what we eat, think, and do. The church is not ready. This is one of the messages that I really believe that God is taking this program in a direction that, look, it's so easy. It's like shooting fish in a barrel, as the old saying goes, to find what's wrong with this world. It's easy. If you have eyes to see, just look. Ears to hear, you can hear it. You can see it. You can smell the rot. But many are deceived and don't see it. Do you believe in our ministry? Would you consider supporting us financially? We really need to hear from you this month. If you can help us make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address 5753 Highway 85 North. 5753 Highway 85 North. Number 3248. That is number 3248. City is Crestview. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code in Crestview is 32536. That is 32536. And we will be back again tomorrow with another edition of Truth to Ponder. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth 
the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.